All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape. With host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right, what's good, everybody? It's a Thursday edition of Least Morning Take presented by Botano. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Rosie, how are you on this Thursday, my man? First day on the new computer, like fingers oh. crossed, but I'm feeling like uh, things are going to start moving and shaking here. Breaking news here on the show. This is a day we've been looking forward to maybe for about, uh, what, 16 months? Uh, but Jay Rosehill, finally, and I mean finally, I think Santa forgot his house three, four different times. <laughs> What's going on with the lighting here now, man? Just testing things out, baby. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, it's like a nightclub in there. But uh, Santa Claus missed your, your house a couple times, but located your house. Brand new computer. How does it feel? I know you called me last night. We went through a couple things to make sure this show didn't go off the rails, right? Yeah, no complaints, man. Uh, brand new unit that's supposed to have the firepower to handle this uh, this show. So we're happy. We're happy. Very happy. It's like comparable to getting that one piece stick for the very first time. You don't know what to do with it, but I know you're you're feeling rejuvenated, man. I know we've been through a lot the last couple of weeks. Uh, technically speaking, we did talk about that holiday get together where it's the fucking shit show, and we re-recorded it. Just me and you. We had all the boys involved. Just re-recorded it. But um, greener pastures in 2024, right? We're looking forward to it. That's the plan, man. I don't see why not. Okay. With that in mind, uh, lots to discuss on today's podcast. Obviously, the victory in Anaheim. Uh, Craig Berube, we're gonna, you're actually going to hear from Craig Berube today. We talked about technical issues. We caught up with Craig after the show yesterday. Rosie, uh, I, I felt like a proud dad doing that interview because I remember the first interview you and I did together. You're like, so like, 
what are you up to today? And now it's like, hey, do you want to coach the Toronto Maple Leafs? So, like, you have improved leaps and bounds. I feel like I'm wearing off on you a bit because I'm known for asking the difficult questions. But it was a lot of fun hanging out with Chief yesterday. Why is that a difficult question? And if we're going to have Berube, who just got fired from the St. Louis Blues, on the Leafs show, and there was just a fire chief chant rattling through the entire mass of Toronto, why would I not ask that question is my question. No, it's exactly. I mean, you're growing as a broadcaster on a daily basis. Uh, I will give you that much credit. And I thought it was perfectly put. You brought it up a couple times, one in the middle of the interview. So like this time, uh, you didn't go right away and say, hey, do you want to coach the Leafs? You buffered it up, as I mentioned. You know, you you, you put the toast in the toaster first. You put some butter on there and then you ask that hardball question. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Right. And uh, he's somebody obviously in transition, no longer coaching the St. Louis Blues, looking for his uh, his next venture. And uh, who knows down the road, but Sheldon keeps safe again, man. They've won two in a row. <laughs> I know that went away in a hurry. Hey, it, uh, it didn't go away. Rosie. It did not go away. <sighs> once again, once again, I don't know, man. Uh, one shining light though, Martin Jones, like he just looks as solid as you could ask, man. Like how about the third yeah. period? Yeah. Um, yesterday first, Puck drop straight down, breakdown in the corner, breakdown net front, whammy. He comes up with a huge save. Like those are the ones that are in the back of your net and they're just the absolute killers and the deflators. And mm-hmm. when they make the save, you kind of go, oh, good. And then you move on. You don't realize how big that was because when they do end up in the back of your net and we've seen it with this team with, with goaltenders, how devastating it is. And uh, to have a guy who's standing in there again when – when the back's against the wall, when you need a guy to to step up who wasn't really expected to be one of your dudes, it's just so nice to have him right there. Because, like, fuck, don't kid yourselves. We've been hanging out in a wild card spot, and you know, mm-hmm. you drop ten games against bed shitters, and it's gonna catch up to you. And then you get into some injury trouble, and oh man, your season all of a sudden is you know in jeopardy. So really nice to have him. He was the shining uh, light of the last couple days for me. I love the physicality this team continues to play with. Again, I still have my reservations and wonders which Leafs team will show up against San Jose, and it's going to maintain and be that way for the rest of the season because it's been so unpredictable. But they're playing with some jams, some bite. Bobby McMahon with a big-time hit on Pavel Menchikov, a rookie for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I was curious to get your opinion because, again, a lot of conversation right now in the media stemming from the World Juniors and the IHF calls the game a bit differently. But how did you see this one? It was five in a game handed out. <clears throat> yeah, like you could call it boarding, but I mean, I just am so sick and tired of seeing these young players turn their back and go headfirst <laughs> into the glass, into the boards. Like I'm so sick of seeing it. You you make the play and you stand up to the guy with your shoulder and take the hit. And if you get sat down, you fall backwards and bump into the glass, fine, or fall under your back onto the ice. But trying to like turn your back last minute and avoid being hit i don't know why turning your back is avoiding being hit and then oh i'm falling i'm in the nhl and i'm falling and let me just lead with my face here and eat the boards i just never understood it um this one you could call it a boarding but like people are breaking it down going see how his arm goes up that's what makes it okay so oh when your arm goes up that's a five minute in a game like it wasn't five in a game if you just isolate Bobby McMahon and don't look at the Anaheim duck. He just goes in there and just kind of finishes a shot. And the result is not his fault. The result is on the player. And 
these kids these days, I've broken it down on Department of Discipline, which is kind of right down our wheelhouse about how these newer, younger players have no idea how to take a hit. They put themselves in the worst positions in the world. So many of these boardings and these hit from behinds and these hits to the heads are because they just put themselves in insane positions where I'm not sure where they've been playing hockey in the past because it's it's just it's crazy to put yourself in these positions and maybe a boarding there when you watch it at full speed. But other than that, absolutely nothing else. So is that a coaching thing? Like, in your opinion, is that something they have to revamp in, in the teaching style to put players in better positions to take a hit like that? Is that your opinion? Yeah, it's got to be at the grassroots minor hockey level of hitting. These kids don't even hit until they're in bantam now. Um, and I think that, I don't know, when I watch things out west, you watch bantam hockey and they're making some big hits and these guys are learning, oh man, like get up against the glass and protect yourself and it might not be worth it for the guy to hit you, but you're just dump the dom three feet away from the boards and oh, I'm going to make this play. And as soon as I make it, I'm going to turn my my head to the glass and bend over head first for some unknown reason. The guy's going 100 miles an hour going to finish his check and he can't stop on a dime just because you decide to turn. And it's just it's 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 a culture thing. It's a lesson thing. It's a learning thing. But at the grassroots level, learn how to take a hit. And can't remember who I was watching, maybe Shane O'Brien or somebody's like I did a camp specifically for body checking and how to take a hit, how to Mm -hmm. give a hit, receive a hit, how to negate um, a hit being bad. And it's like these guys, it's just like they just, you can tell in their mind, they just assume they could never get hit in the positions they put themselves in. And I just, I can't, I can't believe what I'm watching sometimes. No, I feel the same way. And I risk of sounding insensitive, Rosie, I'll be honest. I love being insensitive. Yeah. I, I love watching the Leafs play that way, man. I know it wasn't a good, good, good hit in terms of like the structure. Uh, it was clean actually, but it was more like unnecessary. I think is the word I'm looking for. But I don't mind the Leafs playing with that type of snarl, that type of jam. Uh, I obviously I'm not condoning injuries or any of that stuff, but like I don't mind seeing them play with that edge and that bite. And I think Bobby McMahon is realizing, hey, if I want to stay in the lineup, that's probably the style I need to play. I, I've been impressed with the fourth line lately, actually. Yeah, there's there's tons more snarl. It's uh, you know Simon Benoit. I think we were talking about yesterday. Um, Man, Bobby's I saw I saw a good tweet um, prepping for today's show. They've had more scrums and like after the whistle dust ups than they did in the entire duration of Kyle Dubas's tenure with this team. Like it's crazy. Yeah, and whether that's Dubas and Tree Living, I don't really know. But I think they've finally realized that the theme of this team is that they're they're chicken shits and they play so soft and teams take advantage of it all the time and it's a huge momentum shifter it's a huge respect factor of like and and confidence booster of like like how do you play when you're on a team that's tough and that goes out there and and dominates and looks around and says who wants it like uh, we'll take on all comers you're not going to touch our goalie you're not going to run us through the Mm -hmm. glass you're not going to face wash us like we'll step up to anything you go out there with you know, everybody plays a foot taller and you play with more confidence and it's it's funner. You can get more momentum. You can see the other teams not really wanting it. And that's usually the Leafs. And now, you know, not that they're the toughest team in the world, but we never asked for them to be, you know, the 70s flyers. We didn't ask for that. We're just saying, can you have some respect for yourself? Can you finish the check? Can you not just look down for quarters and put your hands in your pockets at scrums when when guys are bumping into your goalie? Can you grab a guy by the scruff of the jersey? Is that so hard? You don't have to 
fight everybody. You don't have to play like maniacs, but play with a little bit of gumption and, and let them know you're there. And the physicality thing, it's, it's there for a reason. It's important for a reason. And they're starting to put that together and why that reason is, I don't know. I'm not in the locker room, but it, it's sure nice to see. And it's a big change in the last couple of years. At the very least, it's uh, noticeable, which is great to see. So again, uh, Craig Ruby, that interview coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Leafs Nation 401. If you're watching or now, please subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401. Also, another request, if you listen to us in podcast form, please go down, uh, leave us a five-star review, um, You know, write something if you would like just to pump up the tires of the podcast a bit and get us elevated a bit. So appreciate that. Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast, do that. And once again, at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube where you can subscribe right now and hit that like button, pump that like button as well for us, please brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code nation 25. That's code nation 25 in uppercase 25% off your first order with DoorDash offer valid in Canada, subject to change terms apply, man. I, I was watching that game. I'm like, they're getting goalied. They're getting goalied. And I think that the Leafs deserve a lot of respect for sticking with it, man. They kept coming and coming and coming, stride and stride and stride and shift after shift after shift. Uh, and, and they were skating circles around Anaheim for the majority of that game, specifically in the third period. It was just an uphill battle for the Ducks. And they persevered, man. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the shot attempts. I thought, like... Uh... You look at Matthews, what do you have, 11 or 12 shots? 14. Like 14. Yeah. That's insane, dude. Uh, 13, 14 goals. That, that's wild. And we were peppering them so hard and just couldn't quite pick the corners. We were getting every piece of the goalie. He was on his angles. And that happens sometimes. And, you know, it, it's a good sign when you're on the bench and it's like another chance. As long as you're getting the chances, just keep doing what you're doing. There's nothing else you can do. And eventually it'll go in. Um, unless you really get goalie and run out of time, but the offensive firepower on the Leafs, um, doing that for an entire period, I, I jumped on them when it was down one, nothing, uh, as far as, uh, threw a bet down on Botano and, and it paid off. I just didn't think that was going to last because holy smokes did they have them on their heels, peppering the hell out of them and a huge, huge, uh, performance by their goaltender to only let in one in uh, in regulation cause it could have been five, but, uh, you know, they, they stuck with it and they showed a bit of character and they didn't start reinventing the wheel and dipsy doodling being idiots out there playing street hockey because it didn't go their way. They stuck to it. They went to the same guys, went with the same plays that usually work and eventually they broke through. So it was good to see. It's funny. You look at the score and you're like, well, they just squeaked by. But no, it was it was dominant. Like the only goal that the Ducks scored was a D-zone breakdown. And this team is going to be susceptible to that. There's no secret. They need to improve their blue line and upgrade and and just their awareness and overall D-zone coverage and all that stuff. And it's going to happen from time to time. But, like, other than that, it was dominant. It seemed like the puck was on a string for the Leafs all night long, specifically Austin Matthews. I mean, you bring him up, 30 goals now in 35 games, puts away the winner. He was so, so good. Uh, and I think that's who you need for your big boys. They need to drag you through the fight sometimes and say, hey, we're not losing this game. Like, they were so determined in that third period. And I thought it was perfect the way they scored two off the crossbar by Riley and then John Tavares bangs it in. Like those are the type of goals you're going to score in games like that where the guys just dialed in Lucas Dostal the way he was for the Ducks last night. Yeah, it was. I, I really noticed, you know, especially towards the middle part of the third, 
Um, Matthews, I noticed Tavares through the second half of the game. Willie, I didn't notice Marner all that much, but um, I think he was a little hotter at the beginning of the game. But those big boys, yeah, that's what you get paid for. That's why they're there. That's what makes this team good. It's one of the, you know, we're very heavy in that department. So, yeah, they better be out there doing their thing because that's kind of the the shining deal with this with this team and where our eggs are in that basket. So nice to see them come through and pull one out when it wasn't exactly uh, going their way. And rightfully so, man. You, you just, I mean, you're going to be losing to the Ducks now and Columbus and the Chicago. Like, sorry, like. You should have won that damn game, and yeah, you were getting goalie and you broke through. So that's the way. Uh, that's the way it's done. It's good. That was their third win in eleven outings versus bottom six teams, by the way. But crazy. Uh, I, crazy. I like many. I think at the second intermission, I'm like, they're not going to do this again, right? Because what would the conversation be? Let's say they outshot Anaheim fifty-seven twenty-eight, but were shut out one nothing. To me, it would just be like results are results. They lost the game, right? It would have been oh, so yeah. Leafs to lose that game. I think. Yeah. And like, I think we'd had it up to here with that stuff at, at that, uh, you know, around that new year's area area and, uh, Christmas break and the way they were playing and the way they were losing was, you know, time to blow some stuff up, like fire Keith and change things. And this cannot continue, but they've managed to get her on the rails a little bit more with, uh, you know, a couple of better defensive efforts. Uh, you know, the Kings are a pretty good team and it's hard to go like this, this team's good. This team's bad because it's all NHL and the disparity is yeah. not that huge, but um, they seem to have found a little bit of a path here. They're playing better defensively. I like some of the D pairings they have mm-hmm. again, Jonesy looking really good, like stepping in there so well, I think he's going to be, you know, a big part of, of this going forward. So it's back on track. You know, the holes are still the holes, but if you're playing to, I mean, I don't mind winning two, one, that's nice. I, I, I get worried winning five, four all the time because yeah. it's not really the way you can get it done in, in the, the direction and the places that we want to go with this team. So I don't mind it, man. Tighten up that defense and, and find ways to win when it's not going your way is just fine with me. Definitely. And uh, a lot of positives, certainly to grab from that game, improving a 2-0-0 in that three-game California swing. They got back-to-back now against San Jose, home and home with them, starting on Saturday at the SAP Center. Um, again, I, again, I, I, they deserve, excuse me, a lot of credit for for sticking in that game. First and foremost, um, you know, sometimes they would have just folded up like a cheap suit and said, you know, that's it. We're not getting the job done tonight. But I think they stuck with it, which is uh, great to see. I thought Matthew Nyes is really good again. Uh, that top line in general, I sort of disagree on Marner. I thought he was very noticeable in that game. Uh, certainly in the first period, late in the game, too, sets up Matthews to win it. Uh, but Nyes, like, just keeps getting better and better and better. And and that's the one thing I will look for with this kid. Like, he's never played an 82-game slate. So, like, you've been through it. It's a long, long season, and there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. But I thought he was excellent, man. Like you can tell this guy again skates a lot with Austin Matthews in the offseason. Just the tenacity he plays with defensively is my favorite thing about him. Yeah, he uh he seems to get it, man. He just he keeps getting better. He's just he's not he's not reaching for something that's not quite there, like trying to be a little bit better, but he doesn't quite have it. Like he's got it and he's just putting the pieces together, man. He's a player. There's a reason he's on that top line. Um his defensive ability absolutely is one of the shining things i mean we got enough guys with with flashy firepower Mm -hmm. that that need to shore up other parts of their game and he's got that and i think that's why he's on that top line but he can also 
You know, he's got the smarts and the brain and the ability to play with those big boys. And you look at just the little plays he makes along the wall, in the corners, you know, for loose pucks. It's where he really shines. And those are those little intangibles that I don't think people really, you know, you don't get credit for that kind of thing unless you're, you know, maybe talking to your coach who really appreciates that kind of thing. But, you know, you're not going to get the big pats on the backs or the the highlight reel um, accolades for that kind of stuff. But, man, it's important. He does it well. I just, I don't know, from day one since I went and checked this kid out in college, I have just been high on the way he plays. And for good reason, he's showing it at the at the highest level that he is the real deal, and I think he's only going to get better. And he's very well rounded, which is which is my favorite part. Well, just compare him to like a Nick Robertson, who I still think is trying to find his footing at the NHL level. He was a healthy scratch. Um, I think Nyes finds obviously more ways to impact a hockey game. Right? It's not all about offense. Like he's the type of player that they need, where it's not all the same that you have from the big boys and other players on that roster. And I think that's what makes a guy like Matthew Nyes so unique. Whereas Nick Robertson's been much better this year. Don't get me wrong. Finally getting some leash at the NHL level. But like there is flashes and moments where you don't notice the guy. Like I can't say the same about Nyes. More times than not, most nights he'll do something that I'm like, oh, that's Matthew Nyes. Like I noticed it where it's like Nick Robertson, I think at times is stuck in this vortex. If he's not producing offensively, if that third line's not going, he's not really giving much. Like he's not going to be an offensive guy. I don't think he'll ever really be that defensive dynamo. So he's like stuck in that vortex. And uh, I, for one, I know people were disappointed with the healthy scratch. I don't mind it one bit. If you're not producing and you're not doing your job uh, to the level. And I think it's more so about Sheldon Keith, like keeping the guy hungry. I've got no problems with it. Did you? No, not really. And when I'm talking about nice saying he's not reaching, he's not trying. That's kind of what, what Robertson looks like. A lot of times he's, he's just trying to force something that isn't there. He's reaching for something. He's just not quite there, but he wants it. And if it comes on his stick perfectly with an extra second and in the right spot and the goalie's out of position, yeah, damn right. He'll bury it. He's a good mm-hmm. hockey player, but he's not going to, he's just not going to consistently create. And like you say, he's caught in that vortex. Maybe the expectations are a little bit high. Maybe he didn't develop as well as he could have. Maybe he's plateaued. Maybe he had a ceiling. Maybe his confidence is low. I don't, I don't, he's had lots of time, lots of time to, to work off of higher confidence, but just doesn't seem to like, make that his foundation and and be able to live there so yeah he's just he's not quite there man and that's kind of been his story as as a leaf prospect um a couple shining moments here and there for sure but i mean that's not quite good enough you look at nizy who comes in and is just solid and capable and you just think wow like if this is this guy's you know base what's his ceiling and i don't think we're even close to there where i'm not sure if uh if if Robertson's ceiling at this point in time is, is good enough to be in the lineup. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, any issues on starting Martin Jones in the back-to-back? I know it's a bit different with travel there. It's going LA to Anaheim, so it's not like really, really far. Because um, I know a lot of people are calling for Hildeby to play six foot seven, uh, the Hildebeest from the American Hockey League, and uh, you know sample size pretty short here in North America. I had no issue with it. Did you? No, I was very surprised. I thought they'd give this kid the first one in Anaheim with you know a little bit less pressure, a little bit uh, whatever. I mean, back to backs too. We talked about how important Jones is right now. I mean, to risk a guy that's not twenty four years old playing back-to-backs and I'm kind of getting on that bandwagon of oh you can't do that where you know say last year when we started really following them I'm like what the hell's wrong with a back-to-back these guys are (laughs) you know primo athletes like guys play four and five and three and three in my day and in different leagues and it's like you just do it it's not like someone's gonna collapse like origami because he played hockey two days in a row like relax these guys have all the nutrition all the recovery stuff you could ask for so and not the end of the world to play it i just thought they would really go with hildy there but uh you know he'll probably get the the saturday night game right that's what i'm that's what i'm guessing so i actually put out a piece uh earlier today on uh the leafsnation.com sort of highlighting like they're gonna have to play this guy eventually right you're you're not gonna run the gauntlet with jones Samsonov's nowhere close to coming back. Wolves nowhere close. Like at some point in time, you're gonna have to slot this guy in. I believe they have the back-to-back coming up next week, and one's against Detroit. Like you're gonna get him in there. And I think if you don't want to play him against Anaheim on the back-to-back, I get it. Maybe you're a bit worried that it's it's not as fresh of a hockey team. Whatever you know, they they want to get him uh, acclimated to the NHL. Like whatever excuse they want to give. But I think if there's one opponent. And again, you always have to be careful specifically with this Leafs team against bottom feeder teams. San Jose is the worst team statistically in the NHL. To me, it has to be one of the next two. And I think, I know it's Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday, dude, but it's in San Jose. There's going to be 15 people there and 14 are going to be Leafs fans. Like, not the shit on San Jose, but they're, it's rough stretches. There's not, the crowds haven't been great. That's the moment to get him in there. I wouldn't do it on home ice. They're playing San Jose, a home and home. I understand people saying, well, Martin Jones played for San Jose. He's had an opportunity many of times to go back there and play a game. So I think that's the easiest decision. You put Hill, Hill to be in on Saturday, and then Jones plays the next one. It's pretty simple to me. 
Yeah, I think so too. And I don't know on the broadcast they're talking about oh, give Hildy more time to get used to the penalty. So what? Like, well, well, like, I don't understand. I, I didn't understand that. Like, what? What is he getting used to? Like, they're like, oh, either. like PK and shit like that. Like, no, stop the fucking puck, right? Like, I think that's when you're breaking down stuff that isn't really there. I don't think that's it. And <laughs> oh, well, you got to play Jonesy against San Jose because he used to play. Like, I think when you're when you look at a coach and he's at his desk and he's got his assistants there and. They're looking at the schedule and shit. The last thing they're going to do is, oh, hold on a sec. Oh, no, fuck, scratch all that. Uh, well, Jonesy used to play in in San Jose, so oh, we got, he's got to be in. Like, no, they don't care, man. That's They have real things on their plate, not these little, oh, I remember when Jones was with the San Jose Sharks. Like, no, they don't give a shit, man. It's not That's not the number one priority when they're making decisions. They've got a yeah. million things going on in their head. And that's not the priority by any stretch. So I always chuckle at that kind of stuff and chuckle at, oh, let's get Hildy, give him more time to watch the penalty kill. And he's sitting there on the bench going, oh, look at the way they, look at the way the defensemen cover. Like, fucking shut up, man. I just think it's silly. And I think they just thought it was better to, to keep it rolling with, uh, with Jonesy and they'll throw him in on Saturday against uh, another lower level team. If that, if they were playing LA, on Saturday, I, I almost promise you that he would be in against Anaheim yesterday. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and I thought the other unique stat from the the uh, broadcast, 181 straight games without being shut out. It got yeah, a bit dicey that. there, but they haven't been shut out since November 20th of 2021. And it was Tristan Jari who got that shut out. Like, that's been a while, man. Yeah, that's a long time of uh, yeah. of scoring goals. and. Doesn't really surprise me. I mean, what's the feather in this team's cap? They're not they can uh, score. Yeah, they can score. So cool, man. That's good. It's uh, is that a league? Is that a league? Uh, longest it's streak not right a league now, record, but it's the best in the league by um, a considerable Great. amount. I think watching the broadcast, the league record's like two sixty or something. So they're nowhere close Three to something. it. I think it's the Flames back in their heyday. But like okay. I'm talking about a current. That's the current longest streak. Yes, I think, by right? far, by far. Yeah, um, nice. So you always keep that in mind when the Leafs have a bagel beside their name and uh, they persevered, they pushed through. But Lucas Dostel, again, the story in that game, 55 saves. So the Leafs move on to take on San Jose coming up on Saturday. We're awaiting some all-star announcements later today, I believe tonight on this Thursday, as we have this conversation, the NHL is going to release its initial 32 all-stars. I think the guy who scored the OT winner against Anaheim is going to be the initial all-star for the Maple Leafs. How could he not? Austin Matthews. 30 goals in 35 games. This guy's been incredible, Rosie. Yeah, no brainer. It's not really much uh, much to get, uh, you know, breaking your, racking your brain about. It's going to be him, no brainer. And we'll wait for that announcement. Great. I'm curious about the rest of them, though, and uh, how many each team gets. And Mitch Marner's probably going to be there. And uh, how do you see his... Uh, See his celly last night? Like I did. You you texted me right away. You didn't even care about the goal. You're like, do you see Marner there? Oh God. It was like, what? I don't know, man. I guess I'm out of touch. And I just I'm thinking there, like, <laughs> imagine, imagine Doug Gilmore doing that or like Wendell Clark. I can't. Like, no. He's I can't. just he's such a boy. He's such a child. He's so immature. He doesn't have an ounce of really testosterone in him. It bugs me, oh man. He's not my favorite. Wicked hockey player. Like, you'll say that on Twitter and people are like, oh my gosh, are you out to lunch? He's an incredible hockey player. I'm not, I'm I'm talking about incredible hockey players all day long. We're just gonna sit there and go, incredible hockey player. Oh, incredible hockey player. Oh, well, he's a good hockey player. We're we're getting deep into it and and breaking it down and having our opinions on things. And 
Mitch drives me fucking bananas, man. The way <laughs> the way he dresses and the shit like, oh, you don't have to wear a suit today, guys. I'm going to wear my Mickey Mouse t-shirt. Like, it just drives me fucking nuts. I'm like, can you imagine this guy holding the Stanley Cup up and having fucking a big beard and big cut on his chin and fucking just went through hell with the boys and put him on his back. Like, I just don't see it, man. It kind of bugs me. And then you see him riding the pony in the fucking NHL. Cause they scored. It's just, uh, uh, I gotta, I gotta put that bury it deep down. I think not going to run down Marner today. I thought he was excellent last night. I will say it's, it's a, will, it's apparently. a league wide thing. Uh, it's a league wide thing, dude. Like Jake Wallman did the fucking gritty multiple times after scoring a goal. Like this is happening around the league. It's not just Marner. I'm sorry. It's just a different era, man. Like we're old. We're old. Yeah, pretty much. It, it's just a different league. Like I even noticed too, like I was going to tweet out and I thought better of it. I've never seen players complain as much as they do now over every call. Like, I don't know if you caught this Mason McTavish, who is obviously uh, very renowned in team Canada, what he did for the world junior team and all that highly prized prospect of the ducks. Like he got into it a bit with Timothy Lilligren. And instead of going back at Lilligren, who like grabbed his head, he like looks at the ref. He's like, look, look, look. It's like, I understand, you know, that's part of the game and, and getting that call. But it's like fucking nut up and do something about it, man. Like, you don't it's Timothy Lilligren, but it's a league wide thing. We have this conversation about the Leafs all the time. It's just a different feel to these type of players these days where it's like, oh, let's bitch. Let's complain. Let's get that call as opposed to doing something about it. It's just different. It is, and I don't know if they're... Dude, it's the same thing. Producer Vic in the chat, and this is exactly what I was getting to. Cole Perfetti snitching on, on Ryan Hartman for slashing him on purpose. Like, that type of shit. Not I'm condoning it, but that type of shit. Or in uh, in St. Louis when Cryu, like... <laughs> you killed that name. Cairo. Yeah, Cairo. You dog cherry that name, yes. He chirps, basically, like, throws shade without doubt at Craig Berube, who just won them the Stanley Cup, has 17 years played in the league, 15 years coached in the league, and then just won them the Stanley Cup, and then he chirps off and throws shade at him right as he's on his way out the door, throws a couple darts yeah. at his back, yeah, then exactly. goes out there and realizes, uh, the city cares more about Chief, who won them a cup, than they do you, Cryu. And then he gets booed and then they interview him about him and he starts bawling, bawling on national TV. It's just like, what did you like? What did you think was going to happen when you're throwing dart? Like you just think you can just go into them. They're so used to social media and stuff and just mm -hmm. saying every little fucking thought that comes into their mind with zero consequence. And then you actually have some reality set in and they're just so shocked. They start crying. It just, I don't care if it's a new generation or not. Use your head. Very well put. Very well put. It's just, it, it has that feel sometimes where you're like, oh, okay. I don't know how we got into this conversation. We're talking about some all-stars. Morgan Riley, I'd love to see be there. I think he's had an excellent year. It's not all about points for me. I think he's been really good defensively. And for a team that has really struggled defensively, he's been the mainstay on the blue line. I think he deserves some credit. Um, Nylander, I think ahead of Marner, like Nylander is going to be there. Me too. I think yeah. the, the significant news here is that like the Leafs obviously are hosting the all-star game and the more the merrier. I think a lot of these guys will want to play, especially a guy like Marner. It's his hometown. Matthews is everything to this city. Like guys are not going to shy away the way sometimes they have in the past. Like even in Ovechkin, like he probably isn't deserving. I wouldn't be shocked if he finds his way, but actually shows up for this one because it's Toronto. But I think there's a chance like four of the Leafs could be on there. Like I, 
I think potential is there, guys getting hurt and stuff like that. But there's a, there's tons of guys on this team who deserve to be there. But my big three, Matthews, Nylander, and Riley deserve to be there, in my opinion. I don't know about Mitch yet. Yeah, I should. I got to go crunch the stats on where they sit in the league and stuff like that. I mean, I think that's a lot to do with it. But if there is any, like, wavering or if the powers that be are kind of going, well, you know, I think they would lean towards a Toronto Maple Leaf. It's just uh, it's better for the show, right? It's better for the the big circus that's going to be in Toronto. And it's it's going to be one of the big ones. And I think, you know, from the changes that they've made that we've found out they've made, I think they understand kind of what direction they want to go and it's a more serious direction a more you know fireworks direction more on the line like more effort more cares given I think they're going to get away from the straw hats and the sunglasses and the clown (laughs) shoes out there hi clap 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 yay oh my god I think it's going to be more serious and I think when they're having it in Toronto it's a good time to do it it's the biggest market in the world try to get a bunch of Leafs out there and have the boys show up and, and put on a good show so I'm excited for it I would have loved if you were somehow made a captain of one of these. Uh, so they're going to have the draft this year, too. The draft's coming back. I would love to for, for you to be taking part and you to be pissed when there wasn't a fight in the All-Star game because that's <laughs> what you're pretty much vouching for right now. Mm, I didn't say fighting, but just more intensity, less of a clown circus show with the All-Star game. And uh, I think the NHL's addressed it, and I think we will see a big difference this uh, this year. I just don't know what you're looking for. I've been to a lot of all-star weekends. I don't go there for the activities on the ice. And maybe it's just me being a media member. I go for the booze. I go for the parties and just uh, sightseeing. And so it doesn't really matter to me what I see in terms of skills. But I get it. It's for the kids. And so looking forward to that. I can't believe we're a month away from all-star week and the announcements. The initial one's coming uh, later on Thursday. Meantime, the following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Throwing. To find a location and book an outing today, go to battlegrounds.com. That's battlegrounds.com, B-A-T-L, grounds.com. Any final words, Rosie, before we throw over to this interview with Chief? <laughs> I don't know. I think there's any final words. My All my equipment was going haywire. I was a little offset, but I, I definitely jumped right into it. Craig Bruby. Well, Craig, uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking some time today. Uh, when you see that ugly mug of Jay Rosehill, what goes through your head? <laughs> well, I enjoyed coaching him back in the day in Philly. You know, it's nice to have a guy like that on your team that can go out there and do what he does and be physical and take care of things. Uh, you know, similar to my my play when I played, you know. Um, so it's always nice to have a guy like that, good team guy and a guy that uh, makes f- people feel good out there and a guy that can go out there and, and change the game with his physicality and things like that. Chief, uh, the amount of seasons you played as a player, you're starting to get to that point as, as a coach now. Is that is that odd? And what are some of the differences of, you know, all your experience as a player and now how much you've garnered as a coach? Yeah, well, as a player, it's different, right? You kind of, you you know, you go there and you just, you're focused on obviously yourself um, as a player and trying to get better and improve and practice and do those types of things. It's just, you don't have to think about so much um, as a player, except thinking about yourself and obviously the team and what you do for the team and doing your job um, as a player. But as a coach, you know, there's a lot of things you got to take care of on a, on a daily basis um, you know, you're responsible for, you know, 23 guys in your roster and making sure, you know, 
how guys are doing and uh, feeling and the team, how they're playing and lineup changes. And there's a lot going on and dealing with your general manager and, and the organization. So there's a lot more as a coach, that's for sure. But, um, you know, I enjoyed both of them. I, I really enjoyed the coaching side of things and, um, you know, going in every day and making sure things are planned out and what you're doing in practice and, you know, talking to your players. I think communication as a coach is very important with your players and uh, making sure everybody's on board and what's going on. And, you know, players all have issues. Uh, they're human beings and there's all kinds of things that are going on in their lives that you got to try to talk to them about and also you know, making sure they're playing good hockey for you and doing their job. So what have you been up to? Uh, not too much. You know, my family doesn't come with me when I go coach in St. Louis, in St. Louis, when I was in Philly, they're here because I live in Philly. Uh, so the kids and all that, they're, they're not with me. So, you know, I'm alone a lot, uh, in, you know, when I was in St. Louis and they come visit and things like that. So now that I'm home, I'm just, I'm around the family and doing things with the family and obviously keeping taps on the game and, and uh, what's going on in the league and watching hockey and, and things like that. So that's about it right now. It's been kind of slow for, for me, which, you know, was fine because I get to spend time with the family, which is nice. So Craig, you itching. I mean, obviously we'd, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know, potential coaching changes made throughout the league and, and whether you're the front runner on some people's radar, if something came about, would, would you jump at the opportunity and specifically what if uh have you ever thought about coaching the toronto maple leaves <laughs> listen <laughs> i the spot there, eh? <laughs> well you're always you know i want to coach again because you know that's i enjoy it and i, and I want to get back in the game and coach again and uh you know as a coach you know time it's it was time to move on in st louis and that's the way it works you know you're 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 hired to be fired to say but uh, i had a great run in st louis and like, like I said, you know, I'm watching games and, you you know, you keep your eye on things and what's going on in the league. Um, you know, a phone call comes, you got to, you know, obviously, you know, talk about it and see where they're at and what their, their, their focus is and the organization and where they're going. Uh, for me, I want to work with good people and an organization that uh, is going in the right direction. That's for sure. Well, that's exactly where I wanted to go. Like your plan of action, obviously very established, won the cup a couple years back. Um, like what kind of factors will be sort of in this in this decision-making process for you over the next little while, even maybe even raging into the off-season here? Yeah, for sure. I think you want to look at where the team's at and what kind of players they got. And, you know, I guess, you know, are they ready to win? Are they in the process of winning? Are they real young? They're, you know, learning to grow and become a team that's maybe going to win a championship at some point or have an opportunity to. Um, but also it's about the, the general manager and having a relationship with him and the organization. And if that's a good fit, you know, I think that's the most important thing is, is going to a place where, you know, it's going to be a good fit. Um, you got a good relationship with the general manager. You're kind of on the same, you know, wavelength and, and what you think, you know, has to be done to get where you need to get to. You know, I think that's very important. I, you know, just jumping into a job to jump into a job. Um, that's not probably the smartest thing. I think you got to have real good communication there. And um, again, what's, what's the outcome here? What are we trying to do and where are we trying to get to? 
be honest. I mean, what type of person are you? Are you already chomping at the bit to get back out there? Are you you like your alone time, your chill time as well? I like, you know, the chill time, like I said, with the family. But, you know, I, I like working and I like uh, being involved in the game. That's my life. It's been my life for a long time as a player. And, and then, I you know, I was fortunate to go right into coaching right when I was done. So... I really hadn't had too much time off at all. Um, but like I said, like, I, I just don't want to jump into something that's just to jump into it. I'm, I'm not sure that'd be the, the smartest move, but again, you know, I'm all ears to see what's available and what's going to, what's going to come. Chief don't know what's going on with this stuff, but we'll just keep going here. Um, you know, I want to talk about that cup run you made in uh, 2019. I don't think people talk, talk enough about how unprecedented that is for you guys to be at you know the halfway point you become the interim coach and you're you're dead last in the nhl to go on and win the stanley cup is just like a, a cinderella miracle story and whereabouts was it in in that run where you realized holy shit we might have this team that's actually special when you when you took them on it wasn't even on the radar i'm sure um well we had good players we had real good um I thought character in that locker room, um, real good players, uh, players that uh, played the game the right way. I think that we made a few moves in the summertime that year. O'Reilly, Bozak, Maroon. Um, there might have been a couple other guys too. I can't really remember. But coming into that season, I think that, um, you know, we had the pieces to do some real good things. But the roles have to, had to be more redefined and people had to accept the roles. And, and then it's about just, you know, getting to a certain style of play that was going to be successful. And it took a little time, but I thought that uh, going into December, we were playing some real good hockey, uh, but we just weren't winning games. Like there was just a couple, you know, whether it was we weren't scoring enough, we didn't get a save here and there. Uh, but we were playing some real good hockey at the time. And then Bennington came up in January and uh, won, and we kept rolling with them. And, you know, he, he played some real good hockey for us, really boosted our team confidence-wise. And, you know, we really got to our game. Like, I, I made changes when I came in, and I think the changes took some time um, uh, how we wanted to play the game. But once we got going there and Bennington got into the net, we had a real good one-two punch with Jake Allen. Um, you know, we, we got on a roll and, and, you know, we were winning a lot of hockey games and we went on that 11 game win streak. And, you know, you always think about, well, after the first loss, what's going to become of it. And again, we started winning right away again. So I knew we had a good, real good team. And, um, you know, we got in there in the playoffs. We, I think we were second in our division. Um, and, you know, going into the playoffs, I felt good about our team. You know, we played Winnipeg in the first round with a very good team. Um, tough out. It took six games. Um, you know, but we, we beat those guys out of the uh, out. And, uh, you know, again, all the series were hard. I think, you know, that's the hockey, though. That's the playoffs. It's not going to be easy. But again, we had that type of team that just grinded it out every night. You know, we we're a hard, hard style of play, physical. You know, we, we wore teams down, I thought, and that's the way we won the cup.
Chief, uh, I mean, not to date you too much, but the ongoing conversation me and Rosie have on a daily basis, as you know, covering the Toronto Maple Leafs, is like how to motivate players. For some reason, it just, it's obviously a bit of a different era, as you know, uh, very close to the game and not far removed, of course, with your time in St. Louis. What could you say to that? I mean, just motivating players, how different it is even from now to even like 10 years ago? Yeah, that's a tough, that's a good question. I think, you know, you want to have people that are motivated to play it on yeah. a nightly basis and do the right things. And I think it's, you know, when I took over the blues, like my philosophy was team first. And um, I, I don't think that changes too much. If you want to win a Stanley cup, it has to be a team first mindset. And that's the most important thing. What's best for the team on a nightly basis. And as a coach, you have to do the right things and uh, control, you know, ice time and things like that. To what's best for the team that night, you know, players in and out of the lineup. And there's a lot of different, you know, ways you can motivate players. And I think that's one way is like, listen, this is the way things are going to be going to, this is the way we're going to play the game. And this is what you got to do for the team. And if they're not doing it, you got to make sure that you're you're talking to them about it and controlling what you can control with the player. Like uh, because the team's the most important thing, and obviously wins wins are the most important thing. And sometimes players got to take a little less for the team's success. I really believe that. You bet, Chief. Uh, you played for a couple teams in your tenure as a player. I think people might forget the fact that you played played forty games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, at a point in time there in the 90s what was that like and and can you can you tell our audience like some of the differences from a guy like you uh, that you noticed playing for that organization compared to others yeah it's an unreal organization it's an unreal place to play hockey Um, so when I got traded there I loved it there I mean I was devastated when I got traded to be honest with you and I we weren't a very good team but to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs and put that uniform on every night and play in front of that, them fans and being in that hockey town and that market was a real exciting time for me. I played on a line with Mike Foligno and uh, Krushaniski, and we were a real good line together, and it was great to play with those two veteran guys. I was still a pretty young guy, uh, but to be able to play with those two guys, and we had a real good line and good chemistry together, and Again, I, I, I enjoyed my time there. It was short-lived, but uh, like I said, I was I was pretty upset when I got traded. Can you believe it's been, what, like 32 years since the Gilmore trade that you were involved? Like, it's it's crazy yeah. how time flies, eh? Yeah. Well, and it was a good trade for Toronto, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was good for both sides. I'm just going to say that. Um, yeah. I want to get back to something you just said. So, Obviously, I mean, the conversation continues and stems in this market. I'm sure you're well aware, even, you know, knowing going back to your time in St. Louis. What's your read on the Maple Leafs in general? I mean, uh, having, you know, gone through it the last couple of years and, and gone to that pinnacle and won that Stanley Cup, uh, how do you view the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, they've got a ton of uh, good talent, that's for sure, with Matthews, Marner, and Nylander up front and Riley on the back end. I mean, those guys that are great players for sure. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's just about like they got through the first round last year and they ended up getting beat, but uh, they made good strides, you know, and and getting past that first round. That's for sure. And like, again, it's hard for me to comment on Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm not in that locker room. I'm, you know, I'm only watching from afar. 
but a lot of good players there, a lot of good talent. Um, you know, you know, they have a lot of good upside. I mean, who knows? I mean, when you get in the playoffs, you, you know, you gotta, it's about getting on a good roll and, and, you know, it's a grind. It's a grind. It's a, it's a, it's a grind that you gotta, you know, you gotta move on from losses and you gotta move on from wins and you gotta get focused for the next game. And it's a battle. It's a, it's a two month grind or more. And it's, it's hard, but you know, the Leafs got some great players. That's for sure. They got a very good team. Um, um, like I said, it's, it's really hard for me to, to comment too much on it with me, not there. So I just wanted to add to like, so, I mean, just put yourself in, in, in Sheldon Keefe's shoes. You see a guy like Willie Nylander, like, is he that type of player, that type of talent where it's like, do you even have to say anything to your GM and be like, like, we have to lock this guy up. Cause that's the conversation in this market. It sounds like the two sides are making ground on an extension or as a coach, you just sort of stay out of that conversation. Well, I think it's you, you focus on what you have to do as a coach and that's coaching the team and make sure you're, you're, you're um, doing your job there. And if the general manager, he wants to talk to you about that, then you're, you're obviously in them conversations, but you know, the general manager, you know, that's their job is to, um, you know, take care of the contracts and try to sign people. I think, uh, you know, the coach, you do your job coaching the players you have there. Um, But there's obviously conversations between a general manager and a coach um, at times about players. And do you think it's, you know, where are we at with this guy? Do we want to sign him? Do you think, or, you know, so, but you got, that's a general manager job. You bet. Well, chief, we take, uh, appreciate you taking the time to spend a little bit with us. Enjoy the time with the family back home. And uh, I think I speak for more than a few in Leafs nation that say, if there's ever a change that happens in this organization, we hope you're available. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Uh, you know, it'd be a, an honor to, to obviously uh, coach there for the Toronto Maple Leafs if that ever happened. Uh, like I said, it's uh, if not the best, you know, hockey, you know, market in the world, and uh, you know, a great organization that uh, you know does everything they can to try to win. You bet. Well, thanks again for the time. It was good to catch up with you, Chief, and good luck with everything throughout the uh, the rest of this season. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. There you have it, the one and only Craig Berube, and I love that at the beginning, just pumping the absolute tires on Jay Rosell. You got to love that, eh? I couldn't really hear it, and I just fire off with, like, a random question right off, but uh, that's life, baby. Yeah, no, it's good. It's uh, it's fun to touch base with him. Obviously, he's looking for his next venture, and you're a gunslinger, man. Right away, you're just into it, eh? Well, I don't get why you have that guy on the thing if you're not going to ask him about, uh, you know, True. our organization and what you think. I mean, when we booked him, too, it was screaming fire chief chance. So we were like, hey, would you take it? Would you take it? That's what I was thinking. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird asking if he'd coach the Leafs when they have a coach. <laughs> but uh, I don't care. I love you keep mixing up Keith and Chief. You're like fire chief fans instead of fire Keith. I think your uh, speakers are just a little wonky. Bud. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get to the Botano wrap-up presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. A couple looks I'm looking at tonight. I like Vegas on home ice against the uh, Florida Panthers. Last week, Vegas won to Florida, lost 4-2 in that game. I think the return serve. I don't think they're very happy with their outing in a winter classic against Seattle. So I like that quite a bit. And 
I would probably look at the puck line between Winnipeg and San Jose as well. Probably can get that at plus money. The Sharks are just a tire fire again. And of course, they're getting set to uh, win two in a row against the Leafs over the weekend. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Winnipeg's an absolute pistol right now. I think they're the quiet. Yeah, uh, I don't legit. know why they're, they're quiet, but my goodness, they're, they're lighting up the West. So, um, I like those picks, man, especially when you say puck line at plus money. Jets against like they've been their over is a lock is it not they are putting up massive numbers so how about hitting the over as well but I like those picks looking forward to it I just want to um, say once again many thanks to Craig Ruby for dropping by the show today and make sure to check out the leafsnation.com the numbers man have been through the roof uh, since you and I joined the show a couple years back now now into year two and uh, I could tell you knowing what I know about the uh, website in a daily basis, monthly basis, it gets stronger and stronger. Some fantastic writers over there. So the leafsnation.com to check that out at the leafsnation 401 here on YouTube where you can subscribe. If you're watching right now and are not subscribed at the leafsnation 401 and Rosie, I know wherever you find your podcast, Leafs Morning Take will pop up, hit us with a five-star review and we're rolling my man. Yeah, that's right. Anywhere you want to look, listen, check it out, do it. We'll keep bringing it to you. We keep getting uh, more and more rolling. They say it takes a podcast two full years before it's even uh, considered a podcast. So I think we're well on our way and uh, keep ticking away with new computers and stuff and the glitches are going away. My goodness, look at us grow. We're on the upswing and I just remember too, you're not going to be here tomorrow. So you're back in the mix on Monday, right? That is correct. So I believe Anthony Stewart is in uh, sitting in with me tomorrow. Looking forward to that show. We're going to preview the uh, the Sharks games coming up. It's a weird home and home. So uh, luckily, the Leafs won't have the benefit of complaining about uh, going home after a Western road trip because San Jose is going to do the same thing. They're going to come west east to play the Leafs at Scotiabank Arena. So looking forward to that. Many thanks to producer Gavin for stepping up once again today. Uh, Patrick for putting the final touches on the interview. Uh, producer Vic and everybody involved in making this uh, an award-winning show. Well, not just yet, but we're getting to that point. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Talk on Friday. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. <laughs> you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation. You know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.